Boat Trader is America's largest boating marketplace with over 100,000 boats to choose from. We offer simple, comprehensive solutions for those looking to sell, find, and finance new or used boats. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. I'm Erica Lynn, and we all know the ocean is the most demanding environment on Earth, consistently testing the reliability and durability of our equipment. When you spend as much time fishing as I do, you know that reliable gear is essential for staying on the water. This is why I went with Abyss Battery to power my trolling motor, electronics, and outboard. The guys at Abyss Battery are rattling the saltwater industry by manufacturing performance marine batteries specifically designed for sonar, outboards, trolling motors, and electronic fishing reels. They're also Bluetooth compatible, so I found check battery statuses right on your phone while you're out on the water is a huge game changer. To learn more about why Abyss batteries are used by the pros and factory installed by Premier Boat Builders, visit abyssbattery.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back for another great episode of Tide Chasers Podcast, where each show we try to bring you the best guests from across the fishing industry. Uh, before we get started, please remember that you can give us a follow on Facebook and Instagram at Tide underscore Chasers and listen to us on all major podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Waypoint TV. Also, if you haven't already, make sure you listen to our most recent episode uh, that Quan Bobby did with Peter Jenkins of Saltwater's Edge. They got a chance to sit down and talk with Peter about his tackle shop in Rhode Island, uh, his podcast, and his work with the Albi Project as chairman of the American Saltwater Guide Association. Plus, if you're getting ready for fall albie fishing up north here, uh, this is definitely one you're going to want to check out as there's lots of good tips and tricks in it. Um, so tonight we have on an awesome guest, uh, someone who I've wanted to have on for a little while now, I've fished with before. But before we get started, I'd like to welcome on my fellow co-host, Qua. How you doing, buddy? What's going on, Tyler? Good, man. It's it's good to get back on another one of these. I know I was away for a little while. I was out in Yellowstone, and then we did some sheep herding, and I did some fluking up in Cape Cod, so I'm glad to be back on one. Uh, yeah, you've been a busy man this season. I think you've fished more than the rest of us. Yeah, uh, it's it's been crazy with traveling and everything, but a lot of fun for sure. Most definitely, but you know what? We're, we're, we're hitting right about that summer doldrum, so it's not really, we're not missing out too much with the heather, with the weather being so hot and the water temperatures being so hot. Uh, kind, of, kind of wish I was in Florida right now too, but you never know. I'm always wishing we were in Florida. So um, that brings us to a good point because tonight's guest is from Florida. Um, tonight, we'd like to welcome Spencer Smith of Uncle Banks Backwater Adventures. Uh, Spencer is a good friend of mine from South Florida. Um, he recently started guiding. And anyone who follows him on social media knows that he has the canals of South Florida dialed in for peacock bass and even snook and tarpon, which maybe isn't something you normally think about in those waters. Um, so Spencer also fishes in the Everglades. He does some saltwater fishing as well. Um, so we're excited to have him on the show and hear more about the incredible fishing opportunities South Florida has to offer. So how are you doing tonight, Spencer? Hey, what's going on? I'm doing good, man. Just trying to stay cool in this heat, man. Yeah, I hear you. It was pretty brutal when I was down there a little bit ago. And honestly, it's just as warm up here in PA, but I still wish I was back in Florida with you guys. Oh, I could quite imagine that, man. <laughs> So Spencer, we always start off our shows by getting to know our guests. Um, so maybe you can start off by telling us a little bit more about how you got started in fishing. Oh man, so I'm a fifth generation Floridian. Been here for a while. Um, I get all my fishing from my dad. My dad showed me basically everything that I know. So when I was a kid, he showed me how to catch bait so I could catch the bigger fish. You know, we were 
my my grandma used to live a couple houses down and we always run to her yard and dig up live worms to go catch brim and stuff so we could catch the big bass so she taught us how to do all that and you know by the time i was eight or nine i was driving boats down in the everglades out off the alley so i've been out there for quite a while but yeah everything came from my dad and uh i couldn't couldn't be happier about it you know getting into fishing learning the wildlife and stuff like that so that's, that's awesome where i where i learned it just living in florida it just, just comes natural if you're in florida you're gonna surf you're gonna be at the beach or fishing or doing something you know yeah absolutely i mean i just know from going down there more and more the past couple summers the opportunities for anglers is, is incredible you know, I'm picturing you digging up worms from your, your grandmother's backyard, like, or yard, like you said, and running out and catching like a five pound bass and, you know, having yeah. that experience as a little kid. Yeah, it's crazy, dude. You know, that that's what it's all about. You know, those little core moments like that. And then everything else progresses from there. Yeah, absolutely. And I know that's um, progressed into you starting to do some guided trips here recently as well. Um, within, sure. I'd say, I guess probably in, within the, the past year is when you started doing that. So Maybe you can also kind of tell us a little bit more about how you got into guiding. Well, I got into guiding because I like seeing people catch fish, man. I love seeing that that thrill and their their face and the expressions that they have. And man, I, oh, I just caught that big old thing. You know what I mean? So that's that's what really got me into guide fishing. You know, just seeing other people enjoy what what I do and what others do. That's fantastic. Um, and so I know some of your trips as well that you, you don't just do, uh, you know, one kind of fishing, you focus on different areas of South Florida or different kinds of fishing. Um, you know, what kind of trips are you, are you going out for? Uh, right now I've been doing a lot of freshwater, um, and get, been getting a lot of the, the fly guys, you know, chasing the exotics. So that's where I've been for the past, you know, almost a year now, uh, going out anywhere from alligator alley all the way up to, you know, Lake Ida. Also, I took Rex down to uh, Miami to fish Miami and the exotics out there. Um, so that's what I've been doing recently. Um, other trips that we can do, you know, is go down to Flamingo going for, you know, the whole uh, slam, you know, snook, redfish, and trout. And if you're lucky, you'll get the tarpon. So, you know, that's, that's basically what I do. Um, but right now with Todd is everybody's liking those exotics, man. Like, uh, getting out there on the fly rods on the light tackle and just tearing them up. Yeah. I know that fishery has really taken off, you know, in recent years where, and I know up here, at least, you know, there's a lot of us up North where we start to have some invasive species come in and, you know, there's this big divide about people that either love them or people that want to get rid of them. And, you know, down in South Florida, that seems to be kind of the opposite. It seems like everyone has really embraced them and that's, that's becoming a very fast growing fishery. Yeah. Um, funny you say that because i was going to mention that that uh a lot of a lot of people have mixed emotions about it i've you know i understand they're basically and they you know tear up the ecosystem or you know eat everything that they see but a lot of people that, that's how a lot of people make their money now you know you take away all that you're, you're taking people's jobs basically so a lot of people turn that around into a positive yeah. you know so and a lot of people do harvest you know like snakeheads and stuff and they eat it so it's actually became I don't know what, you know, I think it's a good thing, you know, in a sense, because you, you know, there's another target fish to go catch in South Florida, 
It's like the snakeheads is a huge thing. Yeah, absolutely. The the bullseye snakeheads are mostly what you have down there, right? Right, right, exactly. You know, and they came over and they were a delicacy, and people eat them all the time. And they're great. I don't eat a lot of fish, surprisingly, but I do eat snakehead. My son loves them. I've never tried one before, but I've heard they're pretty good. Can you vouch for that? Yes, yes, I can definitely vouch for that. <laughs> nice. Um, I mean, they're just like our northerns up here. So, I mean, they're, they're probably just as good, um, but also just a step back. So, yeah, I do a lot of these trips, uh, Spencer, but are um, are they uh, land-based or are they boat-based or a little bit of both? Um, I do a lot of on the boat. Okay. do boat-based, you know, get access to more area, and it's fun. Um, and it's a good way to cool you down when it gets hot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, but, yeah, I like to do the boat thing because it's more, like, adventurous to me. Cool. Definitely. So, but we could do land base, you know, either way. Mm -hmm. I was going to say that was the first time that I, I fished with Spencer. Um, I was also with, with Rex Hannon, who we've had on from Worldwide Flyworks and a couple of other of our friends, Eric and Evan. And we just yep. went and walked some canals, you know, a bunch of different places, almost like pond hopping, but, you know, with canals. And the amount of species that you find in one small area is absolutely incredible. And one of the things that kind of blew me away um you know having gone down to the fort lauderdale miami area for the first time yeah it's crazy like you can walk up to any canal and just see start fish fish start fleeing away you know yeah definitely no shortage of targets to throw at <laughs> yeah well, no, a, lot, a lot of a lot of people have like they have like you said they have their opinions on their evasive species but i think like spencer says is i think everyone's turned into a positive you know especially just say like uh like those iguanas, right? Super invasive, but they're 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 captains now that turned them into like a whole other, like a a, a cast and blast kind of ordeal. They do like fishing, yeah. and then they, and then then people, and then you get the guys get to hunt uh, iguanas, and they are good to eat. A lot of people said they taste like chicken. I haven't yeah. I haven't tasted one yet. I'm hoping to get an opportunity to go down there and uh fish with one of my buddies down there. You know, Captain Justin, he does a cast and blast trip that seems super fun. So I want to get down there and get a chance to do that. So. Same time, you got, you guys are like controlling the invasive species and turning it into a different way to make money. Could you imagine, you know, what you guys would be doing if you guys didn't have all these evasive exotics to target or put clients on? It would be kind of a really dull kind of guy. And like, what what are you we catching today? Largemouth bass, you know, some, maybe right. some tarpon. But that's mm -hmm. that's the majority about it. Now you guys got peacocks, cichlids. Like, you you can go out in a day and catch anywhere between what. 15 and 20 species if you really wanted to yeah just about yeah yeah that's crazy but yeah i was going to mention uh justin he does do that you know i yeah. know justin he's a good guy and i see him all the time going down the canal blasting those things that are like right off <laughs> <laughs> i think the only iguana that i've seen i actually saw one in isla mirada it was dead floating in a channel off a flat <laughs> and the guy that i was fishing with he looks over he's like what is that an iguana? And we're like looking at it. And finally we saw that it was, it's like, geez, that's, that's weird to see that floating out in the middle of the channel. Nothing to pick right. it off yet. Wow. So you must've just clipped them out of their yard. Yeah. I must've. Right. I was like, well, I definitely know it's not cold enough for them to start dropping out of the trees. That's for sure. Well, you yeah. got plucked off the tree, man. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> lately. I've been, lately I've been seeing a lot of these really nice uh, iguana flies. The guys have been time for like tarpon and stuff in the canals. Oh they're my pretty, gosh. They're pretty sick. Those, uh, those iguana flies, man. They, they, they're like top water iguana poppers and stuff, man. They, yeah, they, dude. they look good. Did you see the video where that came from though? No, I didn't. It, 
I think it was a, a, a marina in Miami. Um, and an iguana jumped off into the water. And all the tarpon were trying to eat the iguana running across the water. <laughs> oh, I think I might have seen. I think I might have seen that video. Yeah, dude. So now after that, everybody's making these iguana iguana lures, man. It's unreal. That's funny. Now I, I didn't see. I think the video that I saw initially was from. I'm trying to remember. One of the big companies did a video with someone tossing the big iguana fly, but I didn't actually see the video that you've described. So I'll have to go back and find that and watch yeah, it. That's pretty funny. Hilarious. <laughs> yeah, they pop it, they bring it down, they let it go, he goes again, he pops it again, it's hilarious, man. Did they did it get away or did the tarpon get it? I think it got away. I think it got away. Eventually. Okay. There was a happy ending for the iguana in that story. <laughs> Maybe. Um Well, you know, too, I, I think you alluded to this a little bit as well, but you know, you really cater to uh anybody when you go out, whether it's guys that want to fish, you know, light tackle like spinning tackle or um and or fly fishing, correct? When you go out in yeah. charters. Yeah, either way, if you want to do a fly or a regular man, you can get it done. Awesome. Yeah, I think uh, I think my motto is start with a spinning rod first, start with the comfort zone, break the ice, get the monkey off your back, and then, you know, break out the fly rod once you've had enough fun. There you go. That's that's a good strategy, man. That's a very good strategy. Yeah, for sure. Cool. All right. Well, you know, we started talking about some of the uh, freshwater exotic species that you have down in South Florida. Um, you know, I think a lot of people are familiar with that area of Fort Lauderdale, Miami, and how that has really taken off. You've got peacock bass, you've got clown knife fish, so many others, bullseye snakeheads. Why don't you tell us a little bit more about that? I know you've been on some uh, clown knife fish, especially here lately, too. Oh, yeah, the clowns, man. Uh, the clowns have been fired up right now. Um, we went out a couple weeks ago, and I think we hit, we landed about 15 of them. And we hooked like over 20, 20 something. So they've been, Jeez. they've been fired up, man. And they've been really keyed in on the live chat. So. Yeah. From what I understand, that's one of the species that, you know, pretty much the only way you're going to be confident in catching one is by throwing live bait at it. Is that correct? That's, that's correct. I've recently with my buddy Calvin, uh, hooked two, hooked three, landed one on fly. Oh, wow. And that's awesome. And it was the smallest clown I have ever seen in my life. <laughs> I think I don't think he broke eight inches, bro. Wow. Like I don't think he got, I don't think he was bigger than eight inches. Like I've never seen one that small. But yeah, typically the clowns, man, they're they're sketchy fish, dude. You know, kind of like a tarpon, they're real finicky and picky at times. So um I've what I've noticed when I'm targeting them with artificial is they come up and breach, right? Come up and get air. So as soon as they come up and get air, they go straight back down. So if you can kind of sight fish them, so when they come up and they roll and you throw your lure with them and let it fall, let them go both, both together, you have a good chance of getting those guys. Well, that's a that's actually a good trick. Yeah, I mean, I've I've hooked a lot that way so far. <laughs> At the landing part's quite difficult, man, to be to be honest with you. Clowns are uh, are kind of like a tarpon you can get the hook set they like to jump and they will shake that hook too and and the crazy thing about clowns is they swim down so when you're right. fighting them they swim straight down so you'll right. when you're fighting like what is going on right now this is kind of weird you're usually used to the line going you know back and forth up and down but yeah they, they, they fight weird and then trying to net them is another thing <laughs> 
Yeah, I've I've seen them. They're always they're kind of they're kind of weird looking fish. Like, do you do you have an idea why do you think they're so sketchy when it comes between the live bait and the artificial? I've heard the same thing from a lot of my friends too. It's like, like you, your odds are a lot ten times better catching them on live bait than it is on artificial. Um, any any reason or rhyme why you think they're so kind of sketchy on that on on our officials? Um, I think with the live bait. The, the bait kind of stays more in his own form a lot mm-hmm. longer so they could get more like hey man i don't know if i'm gonna eat that or not you can keep right. seeing it there yeah you know what i'm gonna go try and get that no it's 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 hard to tell why they really are so finicky on, mm-hmm. on artificials like that you know when you're tarpon fishing or you know doing other kinds of fishing you could kind of figure out a different way to catch them on the artificial right. you know if you're that keyed in uh, but clowns I haven't keyed them in a hundred percent yet, but um, it might have to do a lot with the eyesight too. Mm-hmm. And you yeah. also mentioned earlier that they when they breach, so are, when they breach, are they breaching to breathe air? Because you know some species like arapaimas, uh, uh, arowanas, jardinis, and stuff like that. They're they're they breathe air, right? And just snakeheads too. They come up for air. So are are they air breathers? I I, I yeah, never looked. I never yeah. I never looked on info really deep into them, but. They are air. They are air breathers. They're air breathers. They'll come up and breach just like all the other ones. So, okay. yeah, it's pretty much the same. And even, that's a good way to tell when they're active too. They'll come up and start breaching. So you'll mm-hmm. know they actually stay in a tight school. So you'll see in a section if you sit still and you watch the water, you can see them start breaching. You'll see a couple come up and be like, okay, this is the zone. Start working that zone. Gotcha. Now the population of them. I know. I, I know. Now, a lot of guys say, oh, Lake Ida is a good spot. But are they also in the canals, like all around the canals too? Or like, oh, yeah. Just, yeah. Oh, definitely, dude. I was out. Um, we do a bass league or a derby on Friday nights, and mm. we fish out of locks, lots of hatchy, and we started seeing a lot of the clowns out there. So they're they're spreading out more than people know. Mm-hmm. Do they get just, big? Do they get big? They Have you seen some dude. giants? Have you seen giants? Dude, my son caught eleven and a half pound. Giant! Wow, I'm thinking that's that. a big one. They're, they're so flat and slim, right? Slim, right? So I'm assuming it's got to be a really long fish. Dude, they 11 are pounds. massive at ten pounds. <laughs> like they're they're like forty inch fish at ten pounds. Jeez. So it, it they're they're huge. My buddy uh, Ricky, he caught one that was twelve and a half pounds. Like that's insane. After, yeah, week after my son hit the eleven and a half pound, and dude, I'll send you guys a picture after this, and it, it's it's huge. It's huge. Is there a, is there a state record? Is there an, is there an official Florida state record on these things? I think it's like fourteen pounds. I want to say yeah, fourteen pounds. That's a pretty big fish. That's a big fish. Not that's one that big... you could not one that you could fit in an aquarium like they eight incher that you got yeah like, no, 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 no. yeah that little <laughs> one was a perfect aquarium one, man. that would have been a cool little ad grow them to the state record and put them back right <laughs> I, could, I, I couldn't imagine holding one though a 14 pounder he's gonna be 40 plus inches they're so squirmy like how could you even hold one for a photo by me they're weird it's weird man you could belly them you know just like a normal fish but mm. it, you know i always call them aliens man they're just weird fish i think they're super cool you know, when you get up nice and close to personal and actually look at them, I think they're a really cool fish, man. Definitely. I've heard kind of the ultimate goal is to find them in a canal because if you're a fly fisherman, if you find one in a canal, that's probably your best chance at getting one on fly. Yeah. 
Yeah. Or if you can find them, you know, schooled up. If oh, they, they school up. That's interesting. I didn't, I don't know yeah. that much about them, honestly. So yeah, that's they'll cool. school up. I mean, like, you won't see them like go crazy. You'll see them reaching, like I said before. So mm -hmm. you'll see them like one roll, and then you see one down in the distance. It's like 10 feet of roll, and then another one roll. So then you'll know they're schooled up. They're down. Cool. We got to go down to Florida now. Look for tailing clown knives. Oh, it's happening, man. It's happening. <laughs> I still, I owe you a trip anyway. So, hey, we'll get it worked out. I'm looking forward to coming back. I, I'd come back tomorrow if I could. Dude, let's do it. We'll go yeah. do the clowns, man. That would be cool. Shoot, I still got, I still, I'm still trying to hunt for a, a, a canal tarpon, man. I want an urban tarpon. I've, I've got the, I've caught the ocean tarpon. I want, I want a freaking urban tarpon. Oh, we're going to get, we're going to get to that claw. Don't spoil it yet. We're going to get I'm to that. I'm not spoiling it. I don't even know what we're talking about. But I, I'm still, it's still on my bucket list. <laughs> oh, definitely. Um, before, before we move off of freshwater exotics, I have to ask you about that eight pound peacock that you caught out of your Ooh, yard. I got to hear that story before we move on to urban tarpon. Holy crap. So my, my dad seen it and he's like, dude, I saw a massive peacock in the backyard. I go, oh, really? I go back there. I didn't see it. And then the next day goes by, he goes back there. I go, he goes, yeah, he's back. He's back. He's back there. I'm like, all right. So I cast, I just grabbed my fly rod, dude. I like, I had like six feet of line out. I just whip it, like, you just whip it right, right in front of him. You know what I mean? Bam, it lands and he just sucked it down, dude. We were on. And it was, I felt like I was fighting a 40 inch snook. Jeez. Like yeah, that, that, that thing was absolutely massive and it had a big old like knot on its head when i saw the picture of it i couldn't believe it big old male and i, I couldn't dude yeah that thing i thought i was gonna lose it i thought for sure i was losing that fish i mean an eight pounder and and an eight pounder is a giant i mean i, I know we had uh lucas on about the in the amazon doing peacocks so those are giants but like we're talking about florida i mean eight pound is a giant fish it's so big dude that thing was like like that wide, like they covered my whole face. I wonder if you held up an eight pound largemouth and an eight pound peacock, which one looks bigger? I would say the bass would be longer, and that peacock just looks like a freaking mailbox next to it, dude. Like <laughs> it, those yeah. things are so big. Now, when they're at when they're that big, are they are they still pretty vibrant that color, or are they just big, grown, and ugly looking? That one was more yellow because that water these ends like kind of brackish yeah so my backyard's like kind of just brackish so their, their colors kind of fade and you know tan up but gotcha. um, if it was like in a lake in miami or something you know one of those blue blue water lakes dude yeah, yeah i'm sure that thing would be fired, fired up be fired up yeah. one of the things that amazes me about them especially um when you're throwing a fly at them is how quickly they suck it in and out you know, like sometimes you see those videos of trout and you watch a fly come past them and they take it in and out so quick. Uh, in my experience with peacocks, it's almost the same thing. They just suck it in real quick. And if you don't set immediately, they'll already have it spit out by the time you make that decision in your head to, you know, set the hook. Right. And see that it's funny you say that because that a lot of people, you know, like get mad about people trout set on peacock. And I'm the opposite, dude. I trout set almost, I'd say 70% of my peacock, I trout set. As yeah. soon as I see that fly disappear, I just rip that sucker. You know what I mean? <laughs> I was like, dude, it, it works. 
it works. I'm telling you now, um, if you go do that with snook and carp and all that, it's a different story. But yeah. peacock, for some reason, a trout set does work. I don't care what anybody says. I'm so glad you mentioned that because I know when I was trying to, you know, to fish for them, I automatically had it ingrained in my head just, okay, this isn't a trout, so strip set on it. And, right. you know, I kept missing a couple bites. And finally, Rex goes, you see that thing suck the fly in? He goes, just trout set the heck out of it. And that's exactly what yeah. I did. And I hooked up then. I'm like, oh, okay. I didn't know this was a thing with anything but a trout. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a thing, brother. It's a thing. That's how you catch them, man. Yeah, a lot of that. people, they strip set. And they, I think you lose a lot more fish. It's a, yeah, I, it's, a, it's a mentality thing. Going from being a trout fisherman to a saltwater fisherman happens to me all the time. I'll be out I'll, I'll fish in the mountains and... I'll strip set on a trout and it it, it it sucks. Or I'll be out in the in salt water and then I'll trout set on a striper by accident. You know what I mean? It happens, but right. but then you know, like may, maybe the fact that peacock mouths are soft and papery. So when you do that 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 trout set, you know, you don't really have to drive it that hard to hook into them. You know, like right. you're talking about snooks and tarpon, they got that that thick, really thick mouth skin. So you really have to set, especially tarpon, you really gotta set. And then like five or six more cents before. Yeah, yeah, you, you, you can, that yeah, like, yeah, you got weed eater, man. Exactly, that's exactly how I feel when you you hook set to a tarpon. You got to set it like it's a weed eater. Yeah, just start pulling that thing. Hmm. Yeah, that, my I'm on the quest for the the hundred plus pounder uh, tarpon on fly right now. So yeah, that's that. Nice. You, you, you could retire after that. So yeah, I'll be good. I'll take a little vacation and go back fishing. <laughs> Well, you know, we've been talking about tarpon um, and we've been talking about the canals as well. So I, I think one of the things that really surprised me most about canal fishing when I first did it is the fact that there's tarpon in the canals and there's even snook in the canals, which I think most people probably wouldn't think about. You know, I used to think, OK, tarpon, snook, they're both saltwater fish. How are they going to be in a freshwater canal? But you have that fishery dialed in. You've caught some giants uh out of canal so let's let's talk about that a little bit more what makes it such an incredible fishery for snook and tarpon well down here in florida we got a lot of spillways and then we get a lot of those little canals that run off from the intercoastal up into the land so where those spillways meet that's where you're going to get your brackish water and snook will go all the way up in fresh water and they'll follow current so a lot of the ways we've got a lot of these snook is from spillways they feel that current and they just automatically go upstream with it and then they end up at the spillway they go through a spillway and end up in our canals so in a good way to find out if the canal has snook and tarpon is if you look around and you see mullet jump so and a lot of people know what mullet are so if you see mullet jumping around you know there's a good chance you got snook and tarpon there and those guys they follow it up the current too up those canals so that's that's like the main the main thing with getting all these snook and tarpon up in those canals because a lot of people don't understand it's brackish a lot of those canals run straight through the ocean you know what i mean so the, all they have to do is just get through that spillway and they're in there yeah that's does, true does it really matter the the salinity between these canals because i figured you got some canals will be saltier than others right did you get freshwater runoff from rains and stuff now does that like freshwater runoff really affect if snooks are actually in that canal or a different canal um a little bit. It depends where the runoff's coming. You know, say like a golf course or something like that. They might stray away from it because of all the uh, chemicals and stuff. But like a regular yard or something like that, they'll sit right up there, nose in in that current. You know, and they're not shy. Those guys will run up and go right up into that current. You'd see them plain as day. 
but they do love that fresh runoff because what comes with that runoff usually like on a spillway it's the same thing we'll have the water runoff is they wait for the bait to fall over that spillway mm-hmm. and they'll just sit there and munch so they know if they can find a choke point and a little bit of current eventually the bait's going to come to it kind of makes sense i know some of the um man-made lakes and reservoirs up here uh near me you know if you go to the spillways underneath them you'll find you know giant bass or really big walleye or big muskies or something that are just sitting right there in the fast water waiting for all that bait to get washed out from the lake so that that makes sense what you're saying yeah oh for sure and then where i live i live a little more inland from the intercoastal so it's like a bigger canal before the spillways um so my water doesn't move a lot so i have where it's just west of the spillway uh and the water doesn't constantly flow like the other side so every so often they'll when it rains hard they'll let the the western spillways go and then our canals get flow again and then wherever you see like a a runoff canal you'll see a bend and a boil so those snook will follow all the way up and go through that whole canal look for those little bends and boils where all the side canals are coming off just stage up same with the tarp so that's why our little canals are pretty cool definitely what's the biggest snook and the biggest tarpon you've caught out of an urban canal oh my backyard straight out of my backyard i was showing my dad a lure there right? crazy story for you here's one for you so um i just got a lure from snook snacks big old shine glide uh from savage gear and i was i was going to show my dad the action on the lure because it looks like a mahar like a little sand perch that snook love mm-hmm. and they love eating them because they eat the snook eggs so it's basically a glide bait that mimics that and i tossed it out back i reeled it about five feet and a 44 inch snook ate it. Jeez, 44 inch snook in a canal. That's that was insane. my biggest snook. 44 inches right in my back canal. Um, and I would say my backyard again when shit, when was this? Probably like 2008. We were out with my buddies trolling shiners in the backyard, and I caught one, I'd say anywhere from the 80 to 100 pound range back there. Jesus. Jeez. Yeah, freshwater snook or tarpon. I'm sorry. That's yeah, insane. I, wouldn't, I, I wouldn't mind a backyard like that. I don't think I'd ever have to go to the ocean. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> how, do, how do we end up in the will to get this backyard at some point? <laughs> how did you, how did you oh, buy man. this house? Did you look? Did you did you look at this house ten times locally? You walked into the back and looked first before you even looked at the house. Like, hold on, I'm gonna go check out the backyard, see what this canal looks like before I look at this house. Yeah, yeah, it's gotta have a canal, or else you know, you just there's no point buying it. There you go. That's exactly all how these I people. <laughs> Plain All these simple. people trying to buy their multi-million dollar mansions down in Key West or somewhere else. Little do they know that the most the best yard for fishing is located at Spencer's in South Florida. <laughs> right in the backyard, man. That's <laughs> awesome. We got little boats in the backyard where we go out there and skidoo and do whatever we want to do. Go catch some fish, come back. I can see it now. All right, guide services. Meet at my house, guys. Okay. So where are we going yeah. today? Ten steps to the back. That's it. We're we're guaranteed a <laughs> snookzilla, eighty pound tarpon, and anything else you want to find back there. Yeah, yeah, we got it. We got it. Guys packed uh, like I, three days of food, getting ready to go off into the Everglades somewhere out in the middle of nowhere, and he's mm-hmm. taking ten steps from the driveway to the backyard. What you don't know is what happens. Spencer runs around, catches all these trophy snook bass and tarpon, and he releases it in his canal just for that. <laughs> I keep them. 
They come with me. Yeah, he, <laughs> he raises he raises giants back in his backyard, so he doesn't have to go far to guide. He's got yeah. them all named. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he hand feeds them every day. <laughs> I fed a lot uh, of them. Look, I'll tell you what, uh, a lot of lures. <laughs> <laughs> what um you know so what what kind of tackle are you using to go after a forty four inch snook or an eighty pound tarpon in these canals? Because that's that's pretty small water that we're talking about. Yeah, uh, you know, big fish like big lures, right? It's true. Yeah, it's very true. Um, I use. It's a, I got mixed emotions with that, to be honest with you. Um, what I really do is I'll start off small, you know, and hence the uh, shrino. The hen lures. The hen lures, shrino. So there's there's nothing I haven't caught with this. Thing. I mean, yeah, talking like 100-pound carpet with this loop. This little shrino, man, does work. So I'll go small with a shrino in an area where I think there's fish. Because usually in these uh, freshwater canals, we keep in on smaller baits, you know. Right. Um, but at the same time, snook and tarpon, you know, they're going to make an educated guess when, or um, they're going to decide when they want to eat and how big because they use that as energy. So sometimes they're like, oh, I'll eat the little ones. And then sometimes they just want one big meal. So that's why I start in a spot with a small bait because you don't blow the whole water up you know what i mean so i start with the shrino and if i don't get anything like that and i know there's a fish in the area i'll start i'll throw like an eight inch paddle tail like a ptm mullet pulse tail mullet from the savage gear glide baits eight eight inch glide baits like that's when you bring out the big arsenal that's that's interesting because i know some of the guys that i know that bass fish including myself um, a lot of times they'll start with something much bigger, you know, and just kind of power fish through something, rip it through, try to get that aggressive fish to bite first. And they'll kind of go back with something smaller and finesse it and clean it up. But you're saying, you know, the, the key here is maybe to do the opposite instead is to not, you know, spoil all the fish, I guess, or spook all the fish before you can get to them. Mm-hmm. That's I try to do that. And I just have that much confidence in the baits that I throw that like that's my procedure. I, I know other people that they just throw eight inch baits all day long. Like they won't go, go any smaller. You know what I mean? So that's like my preference. And that's like how I like to run up and, you know, fish a spot. You ever get any on top water? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I used to hand make uh spooks back in the day, a couple of years back. And, uh, snook, I would say hands down. That's one fun fish to catch on a super spook, dude. Sounds like it. Yeah, snook or uh, big jack, too. But there's nothing like hearing a snook come up on a topwater and just thump that thing. It's a, it's, it's a loud pop. Sounds like an explosion when they pop it. Uh, yeah, it's a whole other sound. Like You can tell when it's a tarpon or a bass or whatever. Yeah. When that, that snook hits, dude, that thing, that's a deep hit. And it's yeah. game on at that point, right? Oh man! Or, if you can find, or those canal tunas. I like to, I like I like chasing those canal tunas. Those twenty pound jack ravels that come up the canal. We call them canal tunas, but they're they're yeah, yeah they're yeah. some powerful fish. I I I would never I I drop everything to go chase canal tunas all day. Oh yeah, good old river river tuna, man. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, those things are fun. Seawall popping on a spook, man. Jeez. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I couldn't imagine hooking a jack in a canal and just 
watching it take off, run straight down the canal and spool your line from your, <laughs> from your, from your backyard. <laughs> oh man. We, we don't get big ones like we used to anymore. We used to get manatees that used to come up in the backyard and we used to feed them freshwater hose and, and, and lettuce. But, um, that was years ago, dude. That's probably like 20 years ago. Oh, For wow. some reason we don't get the jacks anymore. Uh, we, Last two years, I think we got a couple ladyfish. I mean, they're still around, but they're not. We used to get twenty pounders in the backyard. Now we get the ones that are like maybe eight inches. <laughs> yeah. That's a shame. Hopefully, they make a return. Yeah, maybe we'll see. I, I got to tell you, you mentioned about manatees. So between last year's trip and this year's trip to Florida, I saw a grand total of zero alligators and about a thousand manatees. I, was, what? I, I know it's so weird i'm like i'm in florida people keep asking me if i see gators I'm like i haven't seen one all week but i've i <laughs> have seen countless manatees everywhere i go it's like i'd rather i'd rather take those odds a hundred thousands of manatees over gators any day yeah that sounds like you're doing all right yeah, yeah seriously although i will say when you're running around mosquito lagoon at like right at first light and you're there's manatees everywhere that, that gets a little sketchy when you're That's trying scary. to get up on plane yeah uh yeah yeah i think one of like imagine getting launched by one of those like i see all these paddle boarders and kayakers just get mauled i was like wow imagine that huh? no because my first thought after hitting the water would be oh gosh there's probably sharks everywhere that'd be my first thought after hitting the water that's funny that's like sharks are like my last stop i'm like gators dude. yeah <laughs> where's that gator or where's that alligator I never see any, so I don't think about them. Man, especially the fact you guys are in in the Everglades too. And you're going to you're going down an area called you know Alligator Alley. Like, come on, they they gotta be infested in there. I'd be so, I'd be out of my mind. Like, yeah, I just don't want to fall in, guys. And there's a reason they call us Alligator Alley. You don't want to fall in. Yeah, don't 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 test that name. (laughs) Um, I'd I'd say it's like every three feet there's a gator out there. Jesus, jeez, that's crazy. (laughs) That's crazy, dude. Um, well, before we move on from the canal fishing, so what's, you know, we kind of talked about some types of lures that you like to use. What about, um, your rods, you know, what, what size rods or kinds of rods do you like to use, whether it's, uh, you know, a spinning rod or a, um, a fly rod? Um, I, I've been throwing, uh, the South Fork rods for a while. Um, I run a couple of different sizes. I got it for my big baits. I run usually, um, I'm looking at them now trying to figure out what the sizes are. I use uh, the big ones I got running like 30 to 50s. They're custom Bushidos from uh, South Fork Rods. And I just kind of taper down from there. You know what I mean? I I, um, also pair them with the Florida Fishing Products, anywhere from an 8K to a 2500. So that's kind of my range. It's a big range, but typically I'm running about an eight-foot rod with my my 4k ce from uh florida fishing products on a, a custom bushido so those i think they're, they're, they're nice rods man i haven't had issues with them so when going out so when going out for clients in the day that's a that's a vast variety of rods like how do you determine if you're going to bring what you're going to bring because you know me me and me and todd could come down and like we don't know what we're targeting but do we specify when we talk to you like oh yeah i'm i'm here to chase 80 pound tarpon so you, you won't grab anything small or like right. you know what i mean so it's kind of is that is that how that usually works because i i could i don't see you bringing like eight rods out right for like hey i have a rod just in case for everything <laughs> yeah no definitely don't do that so yeah we would talk to see what you're getting 
you know, getting into. If it's the big fish, then, you know, I'll bring all the big rods. But if it's a smaller fish, I keep it all lightweight, you know, for doing the exotics and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're not going to see me out there with a 30 to 50 uh, crane, you know, an 80-pound test with a 100-pound leader. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> L- looking for mine cichlids. Yeah, yeah, just here to fit for some bass, you know. <laughs> Using a hundred pound shock leader on a Mayan cichlid. That's right. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Bread ball fishing, but no, I, 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 it depends what we're fishing. You know, yeah. I'll bring the correct tackle to that. You know what I gotcha. mean? No, no sense of bringing stuff you really don't need. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Well, we kind of started to talk a little bit about the Everglades and the famous alligator alley. So um, I know that one of the things you do as well, you take trips down to the Everglades. So uh, maybe you can tell us a little bit more about what it's like to get down there. Oh, Everglades, man. It's a beautiful place. Um, dude, it's like we were talking before, a lot of alligators. It feels like everything's trying to eat you sometimes. <laughs> but it, it's it's a it's a really cool place, man. You get to go fish alongside a busy highway, which is pretty crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah. And there's a bunch of fish out there. Or you can go exploring, dude. There's a lot of different canals out there. There's a lot of scenes to look at um plenty plenty of wildlife birds if you like birds it's beautiful mornings and you see birds everywhere i think it's peaceful you know let alone the fishing any close encounters with gators out there all the time (laughs) 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 oh man all the time are they they not afraid of humans or are they just kind of like they're just trying to go after your fish they don't really don't care well if it's just you, like, walking up on them, they'll kind of, like, you know, like kind of like cats, you know, they'll, mm-hmm. they'll run away. But if you got a fish on the other line, you know, they're going to come after you. They're going to try to get that sucker sometimes. Is it uh, – what's the average depth like out there? I mean, is it pretty shallow or – Um, I would say so it, because, you know, when we have all those freezes, um, a lot of those peacock went out there and died, man. There was nothing mm-hmm. for a long time. Um, from when I use my depth, depth finder out there, cause I never really bring it when I'm out there. <laughs> it's, um, uh, average to 10 to 15, you know, okay. uh, some areas you might get a little deeper. Um, and, and I know some areas you get a lot shallower. So I would say anywhere from five to 12 foot is your, your common range out there. It's a good depth range. That's what I like to fish in a lot of the lakes that I take my boat out on. Yeah, it's pretty solid. Um, so I know that, uh, you had a trip out to the Everglades, I want to say sometime last year, I think now, um, with Rex and our other friend, Eric, and you guys had a hundred fish day out there. Can you tell us a little bit more about that trip? Oh, holy smokes. Yeah, that was, um, that was before the big freeze happened, my man. Um, so yeah, Rex hit me up cause he didn't, that was after we took you, um, on land. So we, we linked up later on. And we went out on the boat and I like to fish all the bridges around there. And dude, it, it was every cast, every cast was a fish. That's insane. That sounds like an, like the best day ever. Dude, it was the craziest thing I've ever seen. And then we went out, I think three more times and it was exactly the same. You know what I mean? I, I was fishing that the last time with them and we probably caught 300 fish. Jeez, does it ever get boring? Yeah, I, I asked him. I'm like, I'll I'll just sit down. I go, just let me know when you guys are bored. I'll keep moving. 
Yeah, but after the freeze, it's, it hasn't been like that. So what what they got to the fish, you know, that day was something very special. So we got to wait for that to uh, come back, hopefully. Definitely. I remember Rex calling me, him and Eric were in the truck going back uh, home, I think it was, right after that trip. I, I forget why I called him, but he was like, oh, you're never going to believe it. He goes, it was every cast. <laughs> we literally caught a hundred plus out there. I'm like, no, you didn't. Stop it. And then he sent me all the pictures and video. I'm like, okay, yeah, you did. Yeah, dude, I was I had the GoPro from that day. And I I think I was counting like every 30 to 50 seconds, Rex was hooking hooking up on a fish. Jeez. Or or hooking up or lost one or hooked on up. You know what I mean? Like it was it was that fast. As fast as you could get that rod. I'm just picturing the most extreme case of bass thumb ever witnessed from oh yeah from oh, yeah. grabbing lipping a hundred peacocks out there. Yeah, that's when you gotta get smart and use your net. Yeah. <laughs> net <laughs> pair of pliers, my man. <laughs> you finally have a point where your hands can't take anymore, so you just start putting them in the net. Oh yeah, I did that last Saturday, dude. We caught a, a couple of good size. You you get a couple peacock in the three to five pound range, man, they'll tear one fish will tear your hand up, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's like some of the experiences we've had out. I've, I've had stri uh, striper fishing with Kwai. You get out there on the salt, and it's like November, and your hands are freezing already. And then you start getting the salt water and the the bass ripping your hands up all day. All gets day. numb pretty quick. Uh, hate that soggy hands, man. <laughs> and you gotta be careful with those too, man. You gotta keep them clean. Yeah, yeah that's true. Yeah, especially well, that, I would especially think... that warm water that you know in the glades and stuff. Get that water and you get that bacteria. If you get a cut open wound and you get something weird in there, oh, man, it's not yeah. gonna look good. I've had it. I've had it a couple times, man. That that thing hurts. Let me Ooh. tell you. Yeah, you gotta keep your hands clean. <laughs> At least try. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I, I, that would probably bother me more than the gators. I'd be thinking about that more than I would be. Uh, like, at least I can see the gator. I don't know what's in the water. <laughs> you'd be all right you'd until you right. go for until you go for that release and the gator just pops up right next to your hand yeah yeah bring bring a towel stick it in your back pocket that's a good idea see that's a pro that's somebody who's out there often enough he thinks about all the little things like that yeah, yeah you seen better. i'm glad that 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 shark video surfaced up dude getting his his finger ripped off you saw that one yeah that was yeah i did see that that's crazy, dude. That that's flamingo. You never know. And and back in the day, it used to be crystal clear. Now it's like all muddy, so you can, you can't even see like a foot down in the water. So you don't even know if they're there. And those guys are probably fishing two feet of water, and that fish tall as a foot. You know. Yeah. Like exactly. You'll never see them coming. I mean, that's a, that's a, the sharks are the same like like dolphins too. When you're fishing on like mosquito lagoon and stuff, they know anglers. They follow boats on purpose because they know you're going to catch a trout, right? And then you're going to have yeah. to release it sooner or later. And they're just going to circle the boat until you release it. Those things yeah. are smart. They're not stupid. Yeah. Yeah. And people feeding them, you know, doesn't help. So. No, definitely not. Yeah. I know after I saw that video right before I came down there this summer and wherever I was fishing, in, unless it was like in the middle of like some freshwater pond, I always asked my guide, am I okay to stick my hands in the water here? Can I grab the fish out of the water? You know, because I'm like, I'd rather just ask. Than be in the middle of some shark infested area where it's an absolute no no to stick your hands in the water. <laughs> like, what you doing, man? Yeah, so I don't want to. I'm not going to become the next viral moment for that. <laughs> well, that's 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 a good thing for you to have on your conscience. You know, I've never had anybody ask me that. Yeah, you know, I just, I mean, I I try to be as much of a sponge as I can and ask questions when I go out because 
you know, it might be the first time there, only the second time there, you know, fishing it. I'm not out there every day. So I'm not just going to assume, you know, or pretend like I know everything. Yeah, everything's yeah. safe, man. Yeah, no. When you cross I'm... into Florida, man, everything's trying to get you. Yeah, especially <laughs> the, the scary part is bull sharks. They, they're there. You can find them in salt yeah. and fresh water. So, they're, those bull sharks swim all the way up until oh, yeah. fresh brackish stuff. So, I mean, last season I had my boat out on the flats and I had a five foot, five foot bull just kind of cruising right next to me compared to my boat. I'm just like, because I have a 15 foot flat skiff and it's like a five foot bull shark next to your boat is still a scary thing. It's just it's big. Huge. It's big. <laughs> It's big, and those those are the perfect size when they're spunky and you know they're full yeah. of vinegar, ready to go. You know what I mean? Mm, those are the curious ones. Yeah, the curious, super aggressive ones. They'll 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 bite your boat for no reason. Yeah, like what's up, man? What you got for me? Mm-hmm. Curiosity may have killed the cat, but it sure did mess up the angler's day too. When it comes to a bull shark like that, definitely. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, I try to stay away from sharks, my man. I don't blame you. Um. <laughs> What do you think makes the Everglades such a special place? Jeez. Really? That's like the most Greenland that we have left over here in Florida. You know, everybody's building and stuff like that. So that's like our main thing in Florida is our Everglades. Not only that, it feeds like our whole ecosystem. Without our Everglades, there wouldn't be Florida. You know, so that's a good thing that the governor and everybody's trying to fix the waterways and have all the water flow south again like it used to be so everything can grow back yeah i heard you guys had those issues you guys had the issues for a while with like okeechobee like losing water depth right the water's like draining out of there and then you guys get those crazy weird red tides and stuff like that i guess it's just it literally destroys the fisheries and people don't realize that florida like fishing and the fishery and the business is a huge part of your economy you know, like right. a good portion. A lot of people come to Florida just to fish. Like if you guys didn't have that kind of economy, you know, what are tourists going to come down to Florida for? What, Disney World and the beach? Yeah. So. No. Yeah, it's like the fishing capital of the world, dude. Yeah, but. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, the Everglades is is the heart of Florida, man. Without yeah. the Everglades, we're nothing, you know. And if the Everglades doesn't get it restored back like it was, everything around it gets affected, mm-hmm. you know. So without all, all that, that's the, that's the heart and the. The soul of Florida and everything, the blood flowing is the water going through. That stops everything around it's going to stop. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole reason those, uh, like, Captains for Clean Waters and all those guys, they, they, exactly. the, you guys work really hard down there just to keep things together. So, yeah, I mean, those guys, I, I bless those guys every day, man. Do you ever feel small when you're out in the Everglades? Oh, yeah, for real. All the time, dude. <laughs> it keeps, it keeps me my head on a swivel i'll tell you what when you look at it on a map it just seems like it's mm-hmm. endless i can only imagine if it looks that way on a map when you actually get down in there and you start getting back in some places yeah oh dude if if you don't have a gps if you or if you don't know you know you've been fishing there for a long time you get lost my brother and you ain't coming back but yeah there's <laughs> it's, it's like you would you'll like if you're going to look for like a new fishing spot, like you go on Google Earth and you look at it, and you're like, "Hey man, it doesn't look that far." You get down there on the boat, and you're like, "Man, it's been like 20 minutes, man. I thought we were going to hit that corner already." <laughs> yeah, I thought we should have been there an hour ago. <laughs> yeah, like where are we go. Like it just looks weird, man. Another one of those other freaking creatures that scares the crap out of me in the Everglades, and I see them. I've never seen one, thank God. Are those those ball pythons? 
they've become oh, those really? become evasives down there in the glades and i'm just like i hope i never run into one because they get they found some massive ones in there oh yeah there, there's some big ones in there i've i'm out there a lot i've never seen one uh but yet i'm not really in the the place to see them mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah like i'm in the water next to a highway yeah or yeah they wouldn't they yeah. wouldn't be that close they're probably deep in the deep deep in the inside somewhere back there yeah if you're walking through the levee or if you're on the you know the levee side going down dirt roads do you see them there? see i know a lot of friends that go down they see them on those dirt roads mm-hmm. just trying to get over at a certain time you just yeah. see them from the road they just jump on them. i'm calling it right now it's going to be next big thing 20 inch python streamer or bigger yeah it's gonna oh. happen oh, oh man there we go Sorry. Chuck it in the Everglades, a giant tarpon. It probably there would never go. work, but eating, it, was, eating, it was a nice I, idea. I can imagine them eating baby pythons, man, if they get the opportunity. Tarpons will eat anything. They don't care. Oh, you throw it in, a, in the right marina. It's just getting slurped. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You got to do it at a marina first. Test it out there. Oh, yeah. You can get one of those French fry uh, tarpons. They'll eat it. There you go. Yeah. Well, well I, I know. I, t- I, also- I know. I know Tyler talked about the Everglades and the canals and stuff, but uh, like me at heart has always been saltwater. So I I know you do some saltwater fishing. So like, oh, where, for sure. so where do you usually do your, most of your saltwater fishing? Brackish is one thing, but we're talking about pure saltwater ocean side. Pure saltwater ocean side, straight out of Fort Lauderdale, man. Right out in front. Been fishing it my whole life. Um, it's kind of kind of like a dead zone, man. Uh, it's a lot of concrete mm-hmm. and like everything around us has greenery. <laughs> it's pretty funny. It's actually pretty tough to fish at times. Um, but the fish are there, man. I've caught some massive fish. Um, just last year, my buddy Calvin, uh, he landed one in the 150 range and I landed one pushing over 180 pounds. Jeez, that's a big tarpon. Massive, dude. It, it was so big. Insane. I actually had to like stop when I, we were done, dude, and like take a good fifteen minute break, dude. I was like, man, I'm the first time in my life. I'm gonna say I'm good. I'm just gonna sit here and drink my water. <laughs> I mean, that's just like saying Miami too, right? Miami is nightlife, right? Light city, concrete people, hundreds of boats a day. But that's what it is. But it's some of the good fishiest water in the water, like in the area, tarpon, bonefish, everything is there, and they're actively still eating. It, it's it's yeah. just so weird i figure with an area that industrialized that the fish are very spooky and things like that but like you're talking about like biscayne bay and stuff right those flats right. are like amazing yeah we we lost one of the good flats out there off the 79th um just over time and everybody but yeah the, the biscayne bay flats when you go farther south man there's still old bone fish and you know all sorts of other fish but um yeah it's it's really amazing to do but my favorite place of all time to fish is Flamingo, dude. Everglades National Park, Flamingo, because you can catch everything out there. I think one of my favorite videos on your social media is you're out there fishing one of those dock lights, and you got this giant tarpon that jumps like right next to the boat. And it, it comes back and hits the water like right as the base drops in the video, and you just turn and look at the camera. You got like the biggest smile ever, and I thought, oh, that looks like so much fun. <laughs> oh, that was my buddy Calvin, dude. Yeah, we were on his skimmer skiff, dude. That was just a little twelve foot uh, skiff out there in the intercoastal, man. That was 
uh, an insane night. That was the night I caught the big one. And I think we hooked five tarpon that night and we landed every single one. Wow. Which is unheard of. No, yeah, those are those odds five all, for five. All over 100 pounds. I, I do believe they're all over 100. Five for five, all over 100 pounds. Insane. I think I'd quit. I'd be like, all right, I'm I'm not going to get any better with my tarpon fishing than this. I'm done. I'm <laughs> yeah. I mean, we both looked at each other like, what do we do now? <gasps> retired. <laughs> retired. I'm, th- I'm thinking myself in, in the keys. I, I, I jumped eight and landed six and I thought I was God. And then now right? you, got, you guys go five for five. And I'm just like, how does that even happen? Dude, I don't know, man. It, it, I can't explain it. I'm just going to take it as a huge win yeah. and just keep going on from there. You know what I mean? <laughs> just, you just go bigger. You go, you're gonna, yeah, just, you're, yeah. you're gonna go look for that 200 class now. We're just starting, man. Don't worry about it. Would you say that is fishing the dock lights for tarpon at night one of your favorite ways to catch them? Oh, definitely, man. That, that's super fun. You can, it's sight fishing, you know. What, you know, what, the, what gets better than sight fishing? You can literally watch the tarpon come up and eat your lure. It's awesome. And if you're out there with the fly rod, the, the hookup ratio is even more. So yeah. it's, I just started doing it in the past year and I love it. It's so addicting, man. I don't even throw the, the regular rods anymore. Yeah, that's, that, that's me. Tarpon on the fly. That's all I ever want to do. All I'm throwing is purple. <laughs> purple and black. Purple. That's all I'm at. purple and black. That's all I'm throwing. <laughs> yeah, there you go, dude. Do, um, do you find now when they sit in the dock lights, do they actually just kind of sit underneath the light or is it, they sit on the outside and they school the bait up under the light and they come in after it. How does that work? Oh man, it it's different at times. Uh, but mostly you'll see them just like nosing around the lights, you know, doing like figure eight style. Um, but there's going to be a time, like a little window, they call it when they're going to feed and then they just start thrashing, you know, looks like a feeding frenzy. But for the most part, um, they do like a figure eight snook, the big snook, you'll see them sitting in the light like a big log. Like you'll pull up to the light from a distance and you'll just see them sitting there smack dab in the middle. Boom. And you're like, holy crap, look at that thing. That's insane. That's, that's insane because most predator fish up here, we know that they, they sit in the dark shadow lines, right? They don't mm-hmm. want to be in the light because the preys will see them. So they sit in the dark shadow lines until that yeah. d- that, that dumb fish, that dumb bait swims by right into the light and they, they, they dart out right out of shadow line and grab them and then jump back in. But what you're telling me a snook sits mm-hmm. right in the middle of that light like a log. It's like, I'm the king. If you walk into my area, I'm going to eat you. Oh, yeah. You're getting thumped, dude. But no, they do also hide in the light like that. You know, that's okay. the, the shadow line, we call it. You know, a lot yeah. of bridge fishermen uh, fish off that shadow line. Yeah. So, yeah, it's uh, the same style. Um, you got to kind of figure out how they're eating that thing. Yeah. You know, it's going to be either they're, they're in the shadows or they're not caring and they're just blowing up and mm-hmm. having a good old time. Know, so I mean, if you're talking about Snookzilla, he owns that dock like then. You know, you know, oh, yeah, five fifty inch fish. He doesn't. He doesn't care what's there. He's he's like, this is my dock light, and I'm the biggest guy here, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, see you, bud. Um, yeah, he's he, he he's been there. He's done that rodeo a few times. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he's been around town a little while. Oh yeah, you see him. He's probably all scarred up and everything. Yeah, he's not. He's not. He's not forty five fifty inches for no reason. Yeah, he made it through the slot slot season, man. Mm-hmm. That's all they need to do. All they got to do is clear slot season, and they're safe. Yeah, slot season and, and big high bridge fishermen. You'll be all yeah. right. 
Um, one of the things that I know you've gotten into here recently with saltwater a little bit is some really nice triple tail. Maybe you can Ooh. tell us a little bit more about triple tail Ooh. fishing. I do like triple tail. Oh man, triple tails, man, triple tails. Those, believe it or not, I love those fish. Those are some cool fish. Those, besides redfish, redfish is like one of my favorite fish to catch. Yeah. Besides a triple tail. I think triple tails are so cool. Um, just recently I started targeting them down in Flamingo. And uh, it's basically looking for poles or anything floating in the water. And they mm -hmm. look like a trash bag or something in there underneath mm -hmm. it. A lot of people miss them. They don't understand that. That's right. a triple tail, dude. Yeah. That's not a piece of bag in the water or whatever. Now, would but, you say, would you say triple? I hear this. I hear it from both sides. They say triple tails are kind of like a dumb fish, right? They kind of just sit there and eat off the, like the crab pot buoys or something like that. And, and then you just literally cast up above them and they bring your, bring your lure by and they come, they come right after it. They're not really spooky like, unless you get like within like you know, a couple of feet with your boat and then they, they get spooked and they go down. Yeah, no, they, they, every time I put them, if they're there, they're, they're eating, dude. They're eating, don't right. fall in, Yeah, they're, they're eating. If you get it within, you know, let's say a foot or two of them, like, don't yeah. make them work for it, but. Yeah. They'll, a lot of times to catch the triple tail, when they're coming up on it, you could just let that bait drop. Mm -hmm. If he's already heading on it, he's going to, he's going to eat it. So yeah. just let that bait drop a little bit and you're going to feel that line go, boom. And when you know it's a big one, they're going to try to rip that rod out of your hand. But I've noticed that sometimes that you can get like just a little pinch hit, boom, and you can barely, barely feel it. You got to be quick with it, like a trout set. Yeah. You got to be quick. <laughs> <laughs> Is it so, now? I know that, you know, you kind of see them laying on their sides and they do that funny thing there, you know, when they sit up on the surface of the water. But then when they see your, you know, when they see your lure come past, do they go right side up again and just swim after it or do they still kind of like float over to it on their side? Basically, they're kind of like an airplane, kind of like peel off into the direction of the bait, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, <laughs> dive on it. Yeah, they, they just go straight into fish mode again. So they when, they're, when they're laying like that, they're trying to be camouflaged, you know? Mm -hmm. So they're trying to float with whatever they're, they're sitting next against. They get big, too. What's one of your biggest ones ever? I've seen some really big ones. Ooh, I recently just lost one uh, on the fly rod out in 200 feet off. 200 feet of water with my buddy and i think he was pushing in like the 30 pound range jeez that's a big triple tail massive i think florida holds the state record or the world record up there in uh the lagoon area okay i have to check that out but you yeah. did answer another one of my questions and that is did you ever try to throw a fly at it and you clearly you did i i couldn't imagine hooking up on one doing that oh yeah he popped it and i had him for a second and then he it, it didn't connect and dude i, I wanted to dude i i, I was in tears <laughs> i was yeah, in tears. I, 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 see it. I was like is this a grouper i said that to my buddy when we were pulling up. i was like dude is this a grouper free float 250 feet right now and we pull up and it, it, it it's a it's a doormat of a triple tail and he hits the fly jesus triple <laughs> triple tail on fly something that you don't normally think about but honestly it's probably That's all i'm gonna think about from this point on just 100 percent. too many people out there doing that and i heard i heard they're really tasty fish too a lot of guys said they're really good tasting fish i'll eat it, I'll <laughs> eat it. if spencer eats it it's a good fish guys because he doesn't eat fish yeah yeah ask spencer is it good yeah no yeah triple tail good yeah Ooh. Spencer's going around the dock scene. If anybody's got triple tail and they're like, oh, I don't know what this is. Is it any good? He's like, oh no, it's terrible. Here, here, let me take that for you. I'll, I'll take care of it. 
Yeah, I'll get rid of it for you. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> do you find, you know, I know you said something new that you've been getting into. Do you find, is there a good population of them or do you really have to run around a lot and go look for them? Uh, you got to kind of look for them. Uh, but once you get into an area and you start finding them, um, they typically stay in the same areas, you know. So once you start getting them, you kind of key into their habits. Yeah, I hear that so, about a lot of fishermen. A lot of guys that really do target them, they look for like crab pots and lines like that. So they just yeah. hop from line to line until you find the right yeah. pot that has one on there. You know, it's like walking down a canal. Okay, we're going to try try for the, the triple tail. Now. So you'll see like buoys or markers or, mm -hmm. you know, string and that stuff. So you'll go down and hit that. You know, you'll, you'll find them for some reason. They stay on one more than the other and you don't know why. You know, you got to figure out which one it is. Huh. But that's typically an easy way to go about triple tail fishing if you're out on the flats. Sweet. Do they start jumping too after you hook them or is it just they just dive down and try to pull you down under the oh, boat? Jump. They'll jump. Um, when I was fishing with my buddy Jeff Vickers, he goes, yeah, he fishes a, an area. And he'll he'll watch and wait until he sees one jump out of the water. Oh, that's cool. And then cool. he'll go over and he'll be like, oh, your triple tails are over there. You'll see them come out, just free jump. Nice. Huh. I never would have thought that. I just figure, you know, you see them floating by something and they just probably hang there. But that's pretty cool to hear. Qua, when are we going down there and triple tail fishing? Why aren't we there right now? Because, <laughs> I don't know, we're adults, and you got to teach children, and I have to entertain adults. This uh, is true. And I, I build houses and go fishing. <laughs> I, like the I like the second part of that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think we all like the second part of that. Right? That's on a little bit of a pause right now, but it'll come back here shortly. Come back stronger than ever, right? Yeah. Um. Well, I know, too, that, you know, one of the big things that you talk a lot about on your social media, and we kind of mentioned a little bit earlier, is is the hen lures. Um, you know, I know they're a Florida product. I got to meet uh, Brett Hen, who designed them uh, recently. Um, you want to talk a little bit more about them, why you like them so much? Uh, it's really preference and the fact that Brett's a super cool guy. Um, but we kind of had, like, the same ideas about baits and, you know, style of fishing. Uh, we kind of like to catch, you know big fish on smaller baits you know it's like how do you catch an elephant you know peanut yeah so it's a good point you know um so i it's really preference dude and the shrino the second he gave me a couple of these to play with and i just started automatically catching fish no matter where i was was just hands down like a seller for me but um at the same token he has other baits like the the mini seven here you can see that. Mm -hmm. so it's kind of like, like a swim bait, like a yeah. paddle tail yeah, swim bait. Like tail. Yeah, and it's not very hard, dude. It's soft. And a lot of these big swim baits, when you start getting bigger, they, they make the plastic too hard. Yeah. So yeah. when you're trying to like slow roll the bait in front of a lazy fish, you can't really do that. You lose all, all the motion of that paddle tail. And with snook, the paddle tail is key. A thump is key because they feel that in that black line. That's their lateral line. So they'll feel that fish swimming. They won't see it, but they'll feel that fish swimming. And they'll give them, they'll start looking around, they'll look at it, and they'll find that paddle tail. So that's why these paddle tails are awesome. You can slow roll them. You don't need a lot of current. And they just simply catch fish, dude. Profile's perfect. It, they really are a multi-species, you know, fish catching machine, whether it's salt water to the canals to, you know, pure fresh water. They just... 
I know from seeing pictures of guys that fish and they just seem to catch fish everywhere. They do. I got, I got buddies on the West coast that fish them on, on the offshore. They're catching dolphin and kingfish and all sorts of stuff. There's guys dropping them down, catching grouper. You know, it's all it is, is you just can't be scared to go throw it. You know what I mean? <laughs> Absolutely. How are you going to know unless you go throw it out? How's, yeah, their, how, how's their durability? Durability wise, you know, some plastics are kind of like after a couple of fish, they're torn, they're ripped, they tear apart, you lose a tail, stuff like that. What's how's the durability on those plastics? Um, they're not like a Z-Man Elastic, I'll tell okay. you that much. Um, but they'll do rip, you know, you can get a couple of fish out of them. Um, but they make this thing called Mend It. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if you guys ever heard of it, but it I have it, yeah. it glues the your baits back together. So a lot of times if you bring Mend It with you and the bait rips a little bit, you, you can put that on there and hem it right back up, right spot. Very so cool. that, that helps out a lot. Will it last you forever? No, nothing does. But um, you definitely get a lot more action than the guys that pour the heavy baits, I would say, the, the, the thicker rubber. Yeah. So this being a little softer, it might break before that thicker rubber, but you get a lot more action out of this and you'll catch that fish that you're, you really want. Yeah, I picked some up when I was at Rex's shop, um, and it was the first time I'd ever really got to hold one. And I mean, I agree. I, I think it's a nice, it's a nice combination of being durable. You know, you can feel it's a little bit of a, a thicker plastic that's not going to tear the first time you get it hung up on something and you got to pull it out. Um, but at the same time, it's not you know so thick that it's not really going to move and and give it the same kind of action like you need. Right. It's not like a hockey puck. I've had some of them that are just super thick they have no action and you need to be like screaming it just for the tail the tail to wag you know what i mean <laughs> and i think you even take the the really small one the shrinito right and sometimes you'll put that on a fly as like a trailer yeah correct no, i'll just use it with just a hook you tie you tie a regular hook and you just put a like a bait catch on it or a bait keep in it and you slide that up over it with a little bit of glue and i just use the shrinito by itself that's cool yeah, I know they're they're definitely something that I want to start to fish a lot more. You know, I got a couple of them in a few different colors, and I'm going to start using them more because, like I said, I've the proof is in the pudding, and I've seen the proof. <laughs> and they catch fish. They catch fish, man. I I do recommend using like uh, a nine weight or above when you're using the shrinito, because uh, it is a little heavier. You know, it doesn't float like a fly, um, so it does take a little bit of practice at first, but once you get it, dial it in. Uh, it's it's a, a nice thing to have in the arsenal. No worries. Definitely. I throw between nines and elevens only, so we're okay there. Oh, beautiful! I throw I throw a ten uh, from Rex and a, a Bozeman, and, and I love that thing. For for the price on it, I beat that thing up, dude, and, it, and it's still smooth as butter. That's great. Muskies, muskies, Tyler. We're gonna throw those from muskies. We're gonna throw them for muskies. We're gonna we're gonna throw those uh, those shrinos at stripers. Yeah. I guarantee a big stripe will come up and eat it. Oh, 100 percent, hundred percent. Guys, get get the uh, solid sevens, dude. They're the, the seven inch ones for them stripers. Yeah, that would be good. Yeah, yeah I mean, guys are already whacking them. Yeah, we might, were out fishing my, last my, year. We might have to call Rex and uh, order a shipment in before fall comes. Oh yeah. Now in fall for the striper, are they down deep or are they on top blitz in the top water? Both. They're both. They're everywhere. Oh, they're both. Yeah. They're, oh, perfect. They're, if, if you're quick with the boat, you can get to the school before the rest of the fleet gets there, and you'll get a couple of shots in with top water. And then once the fleet gets there and pushes them down, then then you start there in the mid column. So 
Yeah, so that the hen that solid seven would be perfect for you with that little head on there. Get it just below, right yeah. into the phone. Dude, that's gonna work good for you guys. Yeah, they were crazy last year. I mean, I remember after the blitz kind of moved on from us, we were still marking them on the graph, and Quaz like just drop it all the way down to the bottom and pull it back up. And that's exactly what I did. I had one follow me all the way up to the boat and just uh, take it right there. It was hilarious. I, I didn't even expect it to happen. <laughs> that's, that's the best fishing right there at the feet. Yeah. Right. You don't, when you least expect it, that's always when it's going to happen. Yeah. It, get, it gets too insane when you do you when you're fishing with a fly and then you just, you don't even cast, you just flop, oh, it, yeah. over, uh, flop it over the side sure. and then you just come up and smack it. I was like, at that time, then I feel like I'm cheating. I'm like, this really isn't fly fishing anymore. I'm just like, live. I'm roll casting 10 feet in front of me. They're eating it. So does, can, does this count as fly fishing? Does this count as fly fishing? <laughs> when do we not count it as fly fishing? When we, uh, we, only, we only count it when we're fishing all day and get that one fish. That's fly fishing. That's fly fishing, babe. <laughs> yep, yep. And then your buddy with the spin rod over there has like 20 fish already, and you got, you got that one fish for today. You're like, I'm happy because I, I caught it on the fly. Yeah, and then that's why I look at you crazy when you take that that picture. He's like, man, kind of a fly rock. Yeah. Like, this is a, <laughs> like, this is a really tiny fish, but you got to take a picture of me with it because it, it was caught on a fly. Exactly. Yeah. You better get a good picture, by the way. Especially if you get that triple tail on fly. We better see a picture of that one. Yeah, I'd like to see that oh. one. Dude, that, that fish haunts me in my dreams, man. I don't that, that or I want to see that 100-pound tarpon on a fly. That that's a picture you have. Everyone has to get in their lifetime. Yeah, that's definitely a life goal right there, man. I need to get it. I've been close. I've had a couple follow ups, and I haven't connected yet. But it's it's there. It'll it's happen. coming. It means you're doing It'll the right thing time. if you're getting it followed. Oh, or you yeah. can be, or you can be like Brex and just go crazy. And be like I'm gonna give me a bluefin tuna on a fly. He's got he's got <laughs> bigger he's got bigger goals than us. <laughs> yeah yeah we're just starting off, <laughs> just starting he, off he, small, right? he's got dreams he doesn't have goals he has dreams of getting a bluefin on a fly i could see it happening though the way he fishes it's going to happen sooner or later oh that have you seen him fish i i've, I've heard uh, tyler's talked a lot about him and i i have a feeling it's going to happen the way it, as much as he fishing the way he fishing he's going to get one. Oh, dude that guy he he is something crazy on a fly rod let me tell you something Oh, that dude, he is. he is accurate as shit. He'll 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 overcast you in a second, but <laughs> every every time now that I go out and fish a streamer since I last fished with him, when I'm stripping it, and sometimes I have a tendency, I'll I'll just burn the thing, you know, I'll strip it way too fast, and I can hear him in my head saying, "Little ticks now, just little soft ticks with that." Like, <laughs> and I, I immediately slow down. I slow down to almost nothing when I'm stripping it. He's a little <laughs> voice in your head. He's he's just yeah. a reminder, that little voice in your head. Little ticks, little ticks. He he literally is. I'll tell you what. Oh, that's he's funny. Yeah, he's, else. He's, he's full of information, man. Encyclopedia on, on the fly world, man. Oh, he is. He really is. Um, well, Spencer, we'll get into some of our um our listeners' favorite questions here before we get towards the end. So um i you kind of answered the, this one a little bit earlier but you said your favorite place to fish is flamingo is yep. there anywhere else or it's it's flamingo is where you're going uh, it's flamingo is where i'm going man less humans <laughs> there you go you're all out there by yourself yeah it's very peaceful um and kind of going along with that do you have any bucket list fish species or bucket list destinations that you have yet to visit or fish for 
Bucket list fish is definitely going to be one of them jumbo bluefin tuna where I can lay down next to it and take a picture. On a fly rod? Uh, on a fly rod? <laughs> I don't know about all that. Uh, a, a, a giant? You're going to need like a, I don't know, like a like 16, 18 weight, something like that? And attach that to the boat. We want to set a record for how fast a rod can get ripped out of your hand. We'll, we'll do that. I mean, how, uh, much ba- how much, back, how much like... backing you think we need? About like 450, 500 yards of backing? A mile. Just bring the, the 1500 spool. Yeah, just do the whole spool. <laughs> just bring the whole spool of the machine. No, but that's definitely one of my uh, my my uh, bucket list fish is a bluefin. Lay down next to it, you know, arms crossed. Like, yeah, I caught that thing. Look at giant. We're starting. Yeah. We're starting to get. We're starting to get a good run of those up here now. Those giants. Yeah, that's that's what I want to get. I mean, I've caught basically everything under the sun in Florida, but a giant bluefin too. That's awesome. Yeah, that's. I'm sure that's on a lot of people's bucket list you know especially up here in the northeast you know we know a lot of people that you know they, they get a little bluefin tuna they're not happy they want to go catch one of those eight hundred thousand pound tunas they want to grind they want a grand that's what they're looking for yeah grand. yep dude you would see me jump up and down like a little kid if i catch like a 35 pound <laughs> i think you'd see me just lay down instantly just just collapse in relief and exhaustion after reeling it in. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the only part. It's like everybody wants the big fish until you have the big fish. Yeah. I'd be like one of those NFL players that you got to bring the oxygen mask over and give it to me to get me back up again, get the photo with the fish. A little shot of adrenaline. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine when when, when it happens because you're talking – I mean, the, the, you don't need a 800, 900-pounder. Right? You get like a two, 300-pounder one. You're going to be on that rail for at least three hours. So, oh. two, three oh, yeah. hours. You're going to be yeah. winded. They're, they're going to be like, it's just like catching an amberjack off the reef, right? Fun as hell when you get your first one. Those wrecked donkeys. And as soon as you, yeah. get your se- as soon as you hook your second one, like, all right, I'm done. I'm not, I'm not fishing for amberjacks no more. No, I'm over it, dude. You get, you get the T-Rex syndrome, dude. So, after yeah. you put down the rod, your arms yeah. are like this. Like, yeah, like stiff. <laughs> Exactly. I'm gonna stick around now. <laughs> Everyone thinks amberjacks are fun and games until after that first one, and then they're like the second one, like, no, I don't want. To. Let's go somewhere else. Let's do something else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You have the rod this time. You take it. Yeah, you stop. You get one or two, and you move on. Yeah, you, you do. You, you if you get three in a day, forget it. You're quitting for the rest of the day. You're not fishing. You're gonna sit on that bean bag and fall asleep. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll drive the boat after that, dude. I'm done. <laughs> Any anything else on the bucket list that we're adding besides bluefin tuna? Bluefin tuna, let's see. Oh, yeah, there's one more. Big marlin on one of my handmade lures. Oh, that would be really cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I make uh, offshore trolling lures here and there. So I've had a buddy catch a marlin about 300 pounds on one. So That's got to be a good feeling. Up. I mean, it's it's always a good feeling, right? It's just sometimes we tie flies too, right? You, get a, you, get, you tie your own fly and you get that one nice fish on that fly and you're like, I made that. Yeah. I'm a legend. Just that. <laughs> pass, me, pass me my beer. I've, I've accomplished something in life. Yeah, I'll take my beer now. <laughs> Uncle Bink's Marlin Slayer. Out yeah. there. Oh, that's the new name for it. That's the name for that troller. Marlin. I'll have to make one and I'll put Tide Chasers as the eyeball. Give me a little bit. I'll make one for you guys. Oh, that would be cool. We'll, we'll troll up some big, big, some bluefin tuna up here with that one. Let me take a picture for you. Oh, God. I'll be so jealous. <laughs> Cool. Um, all right. So how about most memorable fishing trip? And this can either be 
one where you had a great experience or something that went horribly wrong on a trip, but it, it gave you a good laugh about it later on. I think the most memorable trip was when me and my pops, we were out in the little tin pan just discovering a new uh, area to fish in Flamingo. And it was like one of those uh, alley days that Rex had. It was every, every cast was a fish and it was snook and tarpon. And then eventually you'd get a redfish in there. And I honestly never had a day like that ever again. Like it was the craziest thing that's ever happened. And then enjoy it with my pops that taught me everything. It's pretty cool. Yeah. That's a special moment. I know I get to fish with my dad a lot, probably, probably more than anyone else that I fish with. I, I get to fish with him. And you know, when you get those moments that you get to share together, they're really special. Yeah, I think that was the first time ever on a fishing trip. We looked at each other like, man, I'm good. We can go home. We can go home. Man, and we were home by 2 o'clock in the afternoon. We both got to take naps. You know, it was good. It was a good day. You don't get those too often. No, those, uh, those no, are special don't. ones. Yeah, dude. So, yeah, that was, that was probably my most memorable trip was with my pops when we found that lake, man. It was unreal. And to see how, how happy he was after that, it was pretty incredible i've never seen that happy in a fishing trip so that's awesome yeah pretty cool cool well i know there's one question i forgot to ask you earlier and i'm, I'm surprised quad didn't remind me of it, but that is we got to know where does the uh, uncle bank nickname come from oh, yeah. uncle oh man are you guys ready yeah, right. i'm ready all right so they call me uncle bank because my little niece could not say my name and she called me bank so every time we asked, who is that? She goes, that's Uncle Pink. So that's how I got my name, because my niece didn't say Spencer. I, I always call you Uncle Bink, you know, and I, I know the guys in Rex's shop, they're always like, yeah, Bink was down fishing somewhere. And, you know, I, I, I sometimes forget. I'm like, oh, yeah, that's right. People probably don't know who I'm talking about when I say Uncle Bink. Yeah, it's funny, some people. But, yeah, that's, I mean, it, pretty easy way to get a name, but it. It was funny. Just one day she looked at me, her finger went crooked like that. So that, that's Pink. And then after that, <laughs> everybody laughed. And said, that, that's Uncle Pink. That's that's your name. So that's why I've had that name for the last five years. There you go. Very, it's stuck. Very cool. It, it dawned on me. I was just like, Uncle Pink. Like, how do you someone come up with the name Uncle Pink for a guide service? The weirdest yeah, thing. Yeah, a little girl. A little girl did it. It came out. She light bulbed it. Baby. <laughs> You got to you got to get her out there and help her catch a fish now that she gave you the name. Oh, she goes fishing with me all the time. Oh, that's cool. Oh, yeah. She's uh, I don't know if you ever seen the little girl in the video with my son. That's that's Luna. That's the one that named me. I'll have to go back and look. I'm sure I've seen, but I'll go back. and Yeah, check it's it on out. there. Yeah, that's that. She's the one. Uh, Luna May. She nice. named me. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, um, Kwa, is there anything else? that we didn't get to that you wanted to talk about before we start to wrap things up? Uh, I'm thinking. Yes. Redfish. You did say redfish. you like, you did say you like redfish and I have an obsession with redfish myself. Let's, we could talk uh, a little about redfish and then we can start wrapping it up. Why uh, redfish? Right. Why redfish? I think pound for pound, they're, they're, they're the heaviest fish, strong fish, to, you know, catch for size, dude. They're, they're just solid fish. And mm -hmm. just the runs that they get, and then the fact that they're in inches of water and you can stock them down like prey is yeah, pretty yeah. cool. 
I mean, is it the same like in your area? Like, as I'm assuming Fort, Fort Lauderdale, like as in say Louisiana, you're pulling the flats or you're moving around the flats, and then you see them feeding, bellying up, right? And then you just literally just little drop it on their heads and they eat it. Yeah, yeah, you they'll they'll tails up, so their their faces pitched down in the grass. Yeah. yeah, they're trying to munch for for shrimp and crabs and all that stuff, oysters, whatever. But yeah, we'll follow the tails. Or if you look on a on a great day. You'll look on the flat and you'll just see bees going across the flat. So those are going to be little schools of, of redfish. Yeah. Um, but sometimes down here, we get little schools of uh, mangrove snappers. So oh. you'll get tricked up sometimes. So you'll go spend all this time to go hunt this wake that you're following. And then it's a group of little snapper and it's not even redfish. So yeah. you know, that's another cool thing about reds, dude. They can easily, you know, elude you or make you think something else. Yeah, they disappear. That's like my ultimate goal, and hopefully, in about two three weeks, I'm gonna fulfill it. Is to uh, get on those flood tides in uh, South Carolina and feed a fly to one that's that's bellying up in 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 the in the Spartina grass. So oh my, yeah, yeah. So I got a bunch of crab flies, and I'm just gonna I'm gonna wade these Spartina grasses, and hopefully, I'm gonna pick one up. Seeing seeing that little tail pop up, and then just literally drop the flyer and said. Oh, so. and there's nothing else better than that, dude. It, it doesn't compare to doing it with like tarpon and snook and stuff yeah. like that. It, it's just a different type of hunt, I would say. Yeah, find... and they, they get spooky, but when they're not spooky, when they're bellying up, just eating fiddlers and crabs and stuff, they don't care. You can literally hit them in the head with that fly, and they're just like, they'll turn around and eat it right away. They don't care what it yeah, is. They it, don't it's care. like a reaction. This is like, ooh, something hit me. Bloop. Yeah, well, that's the frenzy. So they're all, you know, all together. They're all on that. Oh, this guy, he looks like he's, uh, it's the reaction bite, of course, mm -hmm. 100%. So, yeah, I mean, they're amazing when they just haven't caught a couple now up in Mosquito Lagoon, just how they, you hook them and they're just going to put their head down and run in the opposite yeah. direction. Gone. And they, and they don't, and they don't know how to quit. That's what it yeah, is. In, in oh. shallow in the shallow water, they have they have no will to quit. They will belly themselves out of the water to try to get away from you. Oh, for sure, dude. They're strong as hell, too. Oh yeah, pound for pound, like you said, they 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 will they will fight to the last minute. Oh yeah, light tackle super fun with the redfish. Yeah, definitely, hundred yeah. percent light tackle. Sight fishing them, just that's how I've done it before. Just sight fish them in shallow water up in Mosquito Lagoon. Just pitch like a little you know Z man bait at them or something find them on a sand spot in the grass and get them that way yeah. so much yeah fun. it's, it's yeah. all it's all about the thump man it's not it's, oh. it's, it's nothing like a snook thump but it, it the redfish thump is pretty just as good yeah they they hammer that yeah because that's just their crushers dude all that in their gills yeah. right here is their crushers so that's yeah. a boom and they hit it with force too it's like it's like a train hitting you when they they snatch it it's a, it's yeah. insane when they eat it they want it automatically in their belly yeah, like, they don't want to chew. chew it. They don't want to <laughs> chew. They're like going right down, guys, right down the tunnel. I know the feeling because I want them automatically in the boat. Uh, you yeah, get a, right? you get a big one on. It's nerve wracking watching it run away from you. Like, no, just come back. I just want a picture. Yeah. I'll let you go. Yeah, I just yeah. want to say hi, man. Yeah, yeah, especially when they're running between docks, piles, road, blah, clam beds, oyster beds. They're all running. You're like anything's down to go bad. Running between just stop all those. It, man. Uh, yeah, redfish did, are amazing fish, man. Definitely. I did think of one last thing before we wrap up, and that is, so we get done a day fishing the canals or fishing Flamingo. Where are we going to go grab something to eat, experience some of that South Florida hospitality? Oh, yeah. I love uh -oh. food. I'm a big foodie. Oh, you know where we're going to go. I, I think I know. I know where I'm going. 
Oh, Uncle Al's, man. Yeah, we're going to Uncle Al's for some wings. That's where I'm going. So we're going where Uncle Bink over heading over to Uncle Al's. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. What's your go-to there at Uncle Al's? The chicken wings, man. The chicken wings. He's a simple man. Chicken wings and a brewski. That's it. I'm done. The wings are so good. They're like they're like the whole. They keep them whole and they bread them almost like fried chicken, but it's wings with the sauce and oh, they're so good. Oh, they're they're huge too. They're not small wings. Yeah, by any means. They they are. I remember you you guys were like everything in Florida is a bit bigger, man. (laughs) (laughs) I remember when they. When they took me there, they were like, oh, just start with half a dozen because, you know, they're pretty big. And I was like, I'm getting a dozen. I just, I downed them all. They were so good. Oh, this man chowed them, bro. Chowed them. Yeah. And Rex had his, they were, he had like the super hot ones and you could almost smell them from where I was sitting. I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know how he's eating those. They smell so (laughs) hot. And they're burning my eyeballs. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I got to go to Uncle Al's. You're right. That's, that's a good place. That's on my bucket list then. That's the spot, my man. Yep. Absolutely. Cool. Well, Spencer, it was great having you on. Um, you know, we're so glad we got the opportunity to chat with you about all that South Florida has to offer. Um, you know, I know that anyone that goes out and fishes with you is going to get that same experience that I did. And that is, you know, someone who's really dedicated to help you go out and find fish, whether you're fishing in saltwater or the canals or going down to the Everglades. So, you know, we appreciate you. Um, and thank you very much for being on the show. Hey, my pleasure, man. Thank you. absolutely definitely enjoyed it enjoyed all the stories the info and uh just for sharing what kind of fish you guys have down there man Uh, and hopefully next year i can make it down with uh tyler down the icast we can just meet up have some uncle al's wings or whatever it may be oh yeah man bring it on for sure got me thinking about triple tail now i'm gonna be thinking about that all night hey we (laughs) can do that that's a long trip though that's the iron man trip i'm game i'm game we'll do it it's a marathon, a couple of Red Bulls, a couple of monster drinks, going all out. It's an all it's an it's an all out warfare. <laughs> That's it, baby. Cool. All right. Well, well, all thanks, right. thanks again, Spencer. Uh really yeah. enjoyed it, man. Uh appreciate you hopping on, giving us all your full information. Yeah, no worries. Anytime, uh, man, give me a holler. But yeah, before you yeah, as we're wrapping up, just uh let our let our listeners know where they can find you if they're interested in uh booking a trip with you when you're not building houses. <laughs> yeah where they can find you on social media you know where, wherever they can find you or discuss with you because um, it sounds like a trip with you is something that's going to be memorable yeah well right now it's basically the quote-unquote word of mouth captain i haven't really advertised just quite yet uh waiting for a couple of ducks to get in a row mm-hmm. but um instagram you can shoot me a message or on facebook at spencer smith um you know so those are easy ways to shoot me a dm and i'll get with you Sounds good. Awesome. What was your Instagram again? Uh, at the Uncle Binks Chronicles. Cool. Yep. Got to give Spencer a follow. Got to reach out to him, book a trip with him. Um, and ladies and gentlemen, that's going to wrap up another great episode of the Tide Chasers podcast. We thank you very much for tuning in. Make sure you give Spencer a follow. Make sure you reach out to him if you want to experience the great fishing that South Florida has to offer. Um, and please follow us and subscribe as well. And until the next episode, tight lines, and we'll see you out there. All right, tell lines, everyone. We'll see you next time. Pursuing wild game in wild places. Tune in to Hunt Stand Presents Saturdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Waypoint TV.
the destination for outdoor entertainment. You want to succeed, you want to fish, you want to be one of the greatest. Tune in to West Marine's Life on the Water, presented by Costa Custom Boats, every Saturday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.